Hey, Lauren, do you want to hear about a good deal? Well, yes, Mason, I would love to. Good, because I have a deal with your name on it. Tell me more! Well, in that case, GoDaddy.com is offering the best deals of a lifetime. For only $3.59 a month for a year, you can get GoDaddy.com's economy package. Amazing! What do I get with the economy package? You get 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts. You can get your website up and running. I can? Yeah. When you check out, enter code MUGGLE. That's M-U-G-G-L-E. And save 10% on any order. Can you spell that again? Yeah, I can. That's M-U-G-G-L-E. Wow. Do any restrictions apply? Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Today's MuggleNet podcast is brought to you by Borders. In May, thousands of Harry Potter fans descended upon New Orleans for the Phoenix Rising Conference. Borders was there to take in the sights and share a lively discussion of the series that has bewitched the world with some of Harry's most dedicated fans. Listen in to watch the action yourself. Check out the Phoenix Rising Borders book club discussion at bordersmedia.com slash Potter, or click on the Borders banner at the top of the MuggleNet page. Andrew's doing some technical stuff now. Yeah, you ready? Sorry, sorry, we're ready to go. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> Welcome to uh, MuggleCast Live in Canton, Ohio. What number is this? We just call Cleveland, so it sounds like we, we hit a big town. No, it's Canton. How far away are we from Cleveland? 60 miles. Hey, Brandon. That's not too bad. It's the first outdoor podcast we've done yeah. ever. <laughs> and, and, well, ben, uh, and I, ben and I are veterans, Andrew. We, we oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Sparks. Forgot. We did we did an event in uh, Oak Park, Illinois, actually, um, where it was in front of like four or five thousand people. It was outside. It was really cool. I, I, being in front of a crowd that big is just one of those experiences that you just you don't forget. There's a picture of you on your Facebook where the camera's behind them and it's looking into the crowd, and he loves it because it's like a light on. And he looks like a rock star playing his guitar. Yeah, basically, it felt, it felt like one of the Remus Lupins for a second there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, first of all, has anyone has anyone not finished reading Deathly Hollows? Yeah. Test, testing, testing. Because because we are going to be uh, discussing it today, so uh, we're going to be royally spoiled. Get out of here! Whoa. As well as the people playing soccer back there, they're going to be royally spoiled if uh, they they look stay like there. Harry Potter fans to me. So they probably will be. I'm sure there's a few over there, Jamie. But <laughs> anyway, there's been a lot of news lately. Of course, there was a web chat with J.K. Rowling earlier today. Anyone catch up on that? Yes. Okay, a couple people. If you, if you all went on Muggle Night before the show, you would have uh, caught up on the news. So that's a good place to get the news. <laughs> but um, Oops. So there's been a few things. Jamie, you found pretty interesting. You were really proud of some of the people in that web chat. Uh, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, wow, they are some really good questions. Like, yeah. um... um uh, <laughs> can, you pu- can you pull it up, Angie? And I'm pulling it up. I can't, I can't move far, okay. though. We um, finally found that Dudley's, what his worst memory was when the Dementor yeah. was on him, was that he was seeing himself who he really was for the first time, and it scared him. Yeah. And the one about Dumbledore's boggart as well, that it's um, his sister's his corpse, sister. Ariana's corpse. corpse. Yeah. And that Dumbledore's, and when, he, when he looks in the mirror of Erised, he sees his family, you know, happy and together yeah. and alive. And you have to draw the Harry parallel there, because that's basically what Harry saw yeah. when he looked in. 
What yeah. other questions were there? Um, well, we, it was interesting that, that this was asked because we uh, had a little debate, is Snape a hero? And uh, someone directly uh, posed that question in J.K. Rowling. They said, do you think Snape is a hero? And she said, yes, I do, though a very flawed hero, an anti-hero perhaps. Uh, but he, he gave up his – he laid down his life for Harry and – J.K. Rowling says that's pretty heroic. He must be a hero, then, yeah. yeah. So. We, we had this huge debate about whether Snape was a hero or not. Have you put it online? Mm, I can't remember which show that was. Yeah, yeah, you yeah if you heard okay. it. Well, it, it was vicious at best, wasn't it? <laughs> Maybe. Like, we also Maybe found out uh, the Dementors won't be at Azkaban anymore. They're going to use some new system to protect Azkaban. The, the or they are using it now. Yeah, the Dementors were part of the... Your mic's not working My group. My mic's not working. Do you have an on switch? No, there's not on Anyway, the Dementors were part of uh, the corruption that the ministry had, and so now that they're reforming the ministry, the Dementors are leaving away. Where do they go? <laughs> where do you... S- huh? So where do you send the Dementor? And they don't listen to you either, so it's like a troublesome creature. Anyone have any ideas? <laughs> hmm. Nope, no ideas. What a very uninspired crowd. Wow. Come on. <laughs> Come on. They all go to Kansas, hang out with Ben. Yeah. Someone said to Joe, was Minerva in love with Albus? And J.K. Rowling said, no, not everybody falls in love with everybody else. It's amazing how people just, just pair these people together. And it, is, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah everything's a romance for yeah. some reason. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I was a little sad. Like, Hedwig and uh, Fox didn't get together. Who? Who? Hedwig and Fox, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she did that was, explain that. Was that was the travesty of the book series. <laughs> she That's did, a joke, everybody. She did explain that, and we've been wondering this, too. Someone uh, said to Joe, why did you feel that Hedwig's death was necessary? And J.K. Rowling replied, uh, the loss of Hedwig represented a loss of innocence and security. She is almost, uh, she has been almost like a cuddly toy to Harry at, at times. Voldemort killing her marked the end of childhood. I'm sorry. I know that death upset a lot of people. Any, anyone upset by the death here? I mean, it was just. Were you were you upset, upset, or were you just like, ah, oh, Hedwig? Does that really exist? Hedwig's not. There's a slight flaw in that plan, though, Ben, isn't it? That I, website. I have a feeling that's not going to work out very well, though. No, yeah, the slight flaw being that she is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had theories, but uh, Harry Hermione Shippers had theories for the last three books too, yeah. so. But, Andrew, I know exactly what you mean when you say people just pair people together, because I'm surprised, you know, in the uh, last book, when Dudley's like, well, actually, Harry, you're a really great people. I'm surprised. Dudley Harry shippers? Yeah, Dudley Harry <laughs> shippers. They're going to come at some point. They may as well come now. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone asked, does Winky still drink a lot of butterbeer? J.K. Rowling replied, she's dried out a bit now. I wonder if, she like, she obviously doesn't have this all in her head. Like, she she doesn't, it's like before this web chat, chat she wasn't thinking, hmm, does Winky exactly. still drink a lot? There are a couple like that. Yeah, she makes it up. There's, there's yeah. some more. There are loads like that. But, <laughs> but you, yeah, you can definitely tell her reading it. I mean, yeah. she can do that, though, because, it, because she's yeah. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's the last book, so. But then she has to write it down just to n- make sure she remembers that she's made. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because she'll go. Oh, she did explain uh, who was the person that displayed magic later in life. She said, yeah. uh, "I changed my mind about that one. That one actually did not happen." Uh, so now we're allowed to do that too. So basically, we wasted a lot of our lives. Yeah, because we've been discussing about that. something that was a complete waste of yeah, time. Yeah, we've been discussing that on tour. If you've heard the shows, we're like, "Duh, who was it?" But uh, <laughs> now it's uh, at all. Yeah, we we don't know at all. What other questions were there? Um, well, I was trying to find. Uh, uh, we that found one. out who killed uh, Remus and Tonks, yeah. which is kind of sad. But uh, Bellatrix. Why does Bellatrix kill everybody? I know Bellatrix did Tonks, and that was really sad. 
yeah, serious. No, it's it's Remus, not serious. <laughs> about about uh, I love that joke. About the person displaying magic later in life, Joe said, "My very earliest plan for the story involved somebody managing to get to Hogwarts when they had never done magic before, but I had changed my mind by the time I'd written the third book, which is pretty early on." So, who's someone here said it was? Did you change their mind by the time she wrote the f- the third book, not read it? I don't know. <laughs> You'd think so. That's a good question. <laughs> like she writes it, then read it. She would oh, read no. it until she changed her mind. Who would uh, it have yeah, been? Because she didn't say who it was. So she must have had this. Hagrid? Maybe it was a new character. Not a Hagrid, but Dudley. Yeah. Dudley, yeah. <laughs> Dudley, uh, <laughs> I, I guess Dudley would make sense, but if he went into the school, how would he... What would that do? What would happen? Know. Perhaps she had a, a storyline for that that we didn't hear about. Yeah, exactly. Probably. Uh, how did Voldemort get his wand back after he was in exile? Wormtail, desperate. To, and I, Emerson, didn't you say you called this in the book or something? Yeah, in, in the it? book. If any of you guys have read MuggleNet.com's What Will Happen in Harry Potter 7, uh, we did Hold say that we, we, we thought Wormtail had to be at Godric's Hollow the night that Voldemort killed James and Lily because he would have had to pick up his wand, and that's how Voldemort was able to kill Bertha Jorkins and Albania. And speaking of the book, MuggleNet.com's What Will Happen in Harry Potter 7. <laughs> have to take a moment here because, uh, you see, Ben and I spent the entire summer traveling around the country, standing up in front of bookstores, over 30 in total, including one in Canton here. And, uh, and it was anybody at that event, by the way? Okay. A few hands, a few hands. And we basically spent, we, we, would, we would say some more theories, you know, about Harry living and, and, you know, and Snape living Lily and Snape being a good guy and all that. And then we would get to the Harry is a Horcrux theory. And we would proceed to then spend the rest of the event, probably about a half hour per event, just defending the theory from, you know, angry, angry people. Who, it wasn't a popular theory at all, but we held firm in our convictions and we were vindicated in the book. And I just, we're, we're really, we're really, we're, we're, we proud, we're really proud of that, You're actually. very proud of this, aren't you? Yeah. No, we really, really are. We took so much heat this summer. You have no idea. Every bookstore, as soon as we tell the theory, everyone starts snarling at us. <laughs> Um, I can tell every time you, you know, tell that story because your voice levels out and it becomes emotion-filled okay, yes, okay. and that kind of thing. It's read very that. impressive. Because, I mean, there was one event in particular where there was a, a woman in the second row who, I swear to God, she was about to lunge at us in any minute. Hold on one second. Actually, yeah. Sorry, I had my mic up to my face. When I, my bad. Anyway, uh, someone, one last thing we wanted to point out here. Someone said to Joe, why did Dumbledore want Ron to keep his uh, deluminator? And J.K. Rowling said, I thought this was nice, because he knew that Ron might need a little more guidance than the other two. Dumbledore understood Ron's importance in the trio. He wasn't the most skilled or the most intelligent, but he held them together. His humor and his good heart were essential. Aww. Aww. Nice. Which leads to our uh, main discussion today. We wanted to talk about Ron. We've been covering a series of characters who've played big roles in the book. We've gone through Snape, Voldemort, Dumbledore. Dumbledore and we talked about uh, Hermione Minus. yesterday, yeah. Yeah, today we're, we're going to talk, talk about, about Ron Harry Jr. tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to talk about Ron today. Um, I've always seen quite a bit of mixed opinion on Ron. Some people like him. Some people think he's you know just tagging along with Harry, and Harry's a real hero. Some people think it's him who's the real hero because he has to put up with Harry's you know outbursts at times, and how he's always been overshadowed by his family. And in the seventh book, there's a lot of you know changed things about Ron. How he runs away, and then Harry and Ron really, really, really reunite for the final time. We know they're going to be friends forevermore. And he helps Harry a lot, like when he just turns up at the pool when Harry jumps in with a Horcrux and saves the day. So, go on. Oh, well, I was going to say, about Ron, what about his mom in book seven? Give Give it up up for Molly Molly Weasley. Weasley. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even talk about it anymore. What you do, Mikey? (laughs) 
Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> should we explain? <laughs> well, why, let's explain why, why, why we're laughing completely. real quick. Um, ever since the first podcast we did on this tour, um, I've been saying Molly Weasel because that's just an awesome scene, really. But then. I think two days into it, Ben took that. He took that line twice from me. And I was just like, dude, that's However, my line. Mikey is so I've he missed out an important point to the story. So then, I'm pre- then I proceeded to steal like four of his jokes. Just no, to get whoa, back whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> Mikey's story. We have day, the one, day one happened. Then day two, Mikey stole everybody's jokes. <laughs> you've missed, you've missed <laughs> so day three, well, we decided to steal jokes back from Mikey to get him back. <laughs> Mikey stole one of my jokes once from, from sorry, there. I'm sorry. I apologize. It was. I apologize. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, and yeah, and well, we tried to get... One time, Mikey went to the bathroom and he didn't wash his hands. <laughs> That's a lie, sir. Mikey, That's That's a lie. <laughs> don't call me on right, public like it. that. I saw it. And That's you thought, a lie. And you thought you heard enough about Mikey. We had anyway, a member of the audience. Everybody say, is skeletons in their closet. The, the life and lies of Mikey Boucher. It's going to come out next. <laughs> wow, that's the next MuggleNet book right there. Yeah, we're going to okay. print it soon. Anyone? Anyway, but back on the back, you know, back onto Ron Weasley. Um, was yeah. anyone surprised by how he sort of just left Harry and Hermione? I mean, yeah, they've been best friends weird. for seven years now. So I've always thought. Sorry, go. Sorry, my cup's swelling. Well honestly, yeah, I thought I was, it was good. That he was ashamed of it. I mean, that was. Good. I thought that the whole fight. I mean, even though I understand there was a lot going on in their lives and they had every reason to fight with each other, but it really was immaturity that kept them, kept Ron from leaving, or that made Ron leave. Harry and Hermione would never get to a point where that would happen because Hermione is so much more mature than both of them combined that she would just drop it and she'd realize that there was nothing to come out of that. And Ron's kind of whiny compared yeah, to Harry's, I think. Well, I also thought it was really kind of lame that he uh, forced Hermione to choose between him and Harry at that point. It's immaturity. Like, that just shows his immaturity level. He's like, choose between me and him, and of course she and chose course, Harry. Because, you know, so you're in that position, Hermione. you're usually, the person who makes you make the choice is the one you're not going to go with, just because they're making you choose, so. It is something you'd see someone who has the, you know, the emotional range of a teaspoon yeah. saying. But you sure it wasn't just the Horcrux that was causing them to do that? I mean, the Horcrux probably exaggerated that, but he still—he was still being a little whiny, immature baby. Well, I think I think the Horcrux had all, everything to do with it. I think the reason that he was—he got so upset was because he had been emotionally dragged down by that thing, by the by the, that object, and it just got to the breaking point where that like, he got so emotionally drained to where it was affecting his behavior and his attitude towards Ron and Hermione. Yeah, but even though Aaron and Hermione. But, but even though that was extremely immature, he grew up towards the end of the book when he was like all about house elves. Rights and all that kind of thing. And he got Joe answered that too. She said, mm-hmm. she talked about writing that scene, how she loved writing the scene, the kissing scene between oh, yeah. Ron and Hermione. Yeah. yeah, she did. Ron finally earned his spew, I think she said. Oh. That was a bad choice. Well, I don't words. think she put it that way. A little but pun there. Yeah, she did. Find it. I think she did. I just anyway, that. going back to Ben and the Horcrux, I totally agree with you, Ben Shane, on that one. Just Simply because uh, when, Her- when Ron had to actually destroy the locket Horcrux, it was him that had given the Horcrux enough of his emotions, kind of like how Ginny had given the diary lots of her own emotions and thoughts. And so it was him that saw you know, the Harry Hermione regurgitate and his worst fears, and it was him that had to destroy that Horcrux rather than Harry. And it was also him that grabbed yeah. the sword because Harry jumped into a lake naked. I agree. With a, with a Horcrux on. See, that, that's such a Harry Potter thing to do, though, isn't it? Really? Like, hey, it's like I'm alone <laughs> in the middle of the woods. I'm going to dive into this freezing ice-cold lake by myself with no one watching so I can go drag down this mysterious ice cold. Just because he's the piece of well. the locket on Yeah, with a piece of the dark lord around my neck, really. Who knows this movie? I want you to draw me wearing this. Only this. 
Titanic? Uh, see Titanic? Yeah. No like, one here just is old to, to see that film. Like that, that scene right there is just, I mean, wouldn't any rational person just go back, hey, Hermione, I found the sword. Come on, help me. We're going to go to the lake. We're going to get it out together. We're going to think of a way to get down there. No, no, no. Just strips and jumps in. He's not that smart. He's like, not. he's lucky. I, I love Harry, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, he won and, and he's alive and he's a good person. He's a great friend, but he's not that intelligent. He really isn't. He's now, smart. Emerson. Smart Emerson. people don't dive f- naked into ice freezing cold lakes now, Emerson, by themselves in the middle of the night after chasing a piece some of ghostly, uh, you know, doe into the woods. Like that. Emerson, Emerson, I have a question for you. Joe did happen to say, someone asked Joe the question specifically when Harry died, where did he go? She said he died, dude. How do you handle that? No, no, no. She didn't say that. She said that that he was in a limbo. That was yeah. That was the question. He he was. Joe said in the in the uh, transcript that he was in a when he was when he thought he was dead. He was in a limbo between life and death. And we'd been saying for the last couple of podcasts now there was a theory that we heard that we thought was really good that the train station at King's Cross at platform nine three quarters was like a sort of a a purgatory. Like you decide by getting on a train which way you're going to go, living or dying. Harry chose life, so he didn't die in the book. He didn't. No. And, and we said, Emerson, in another podcast, that if it, you cannot come back after you die. So, and Joe's made that clear. He couldn't have died then. Even with magic. Yes. Exactly. Okay. He was in limbo, like she said. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, there's something I was going to say. Now I forget. But another thing Joe said in his chat, I just wanted to go back to real end. Can we continue quick. about Ron? Yeah. Does anyone Ron, have fine. any points on Ron that they want to make about how he's changed throughout the books or him in the seventh book or anything like that? Anyone want to come up and comment about Ron Anyone Weasley? Anyone at all. Anyone in the Weasley family? Right here. Maybe? Come on up. Some, come on up. You guys can be on MuggleCast. Yay. Yay. Say your name, where you're from. Name, age, where you're from. Social security my number. My name's Meg. Um, I'm 14, and I just want to say that my friend and I made predictions, and I totally called the Ron snapping thing. Because I said someone in the trio was going to snap, and I didn't think it was going to be Hermione. And my friend was like, well, it's not going to be Harry, because he already snapped in the fifth book. And so I said, it's going to be Ron. And I got so excited at that part, because even though he left. <laughs> it was bound to happen. I think. A snap was bound to happen, at least, since one of the characters didn't actually die. Which yeah. Joe said she's put a lot of thought into, killing yeah. one of them. Well... Now that Emerson and I have had our chance to boast, she has. Anybody else? I mean, by all means, yeah, come player. on up. A Give a thought. <laughs> we what's your name? For proof on these boasts, Wh- What's your name and where are you from? Uh, I'm Sarah. I'm from here in Canton. Uh, the thing about Ron that really gets me is uh, my friend's always like, Ron's such a bad person, but people don't give Ron enough credit because it's so hard. you got to think about it. He's like got six brothers and sisters, and they're all so much cooler than he is. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know... <laughs> well, it's up for Percy, but you know, and he has to share everything. He grew up having hand-me-downs, and I think people just don't give give Ron enough credit. So that's pretty much all I had to say. See, I feel like Ron is just so incredibly normal. Yeah. Like I feel like he just there's nothing about him that really stands out. Like he just seems like a really normal teenager who had been living a life with lots of brothers and sisters. Harry Harry is normal in the sense that he's normal considering what he's been through, but he's but not had a normal he's like upbringing. He's chosen one too. Well, I mean that makes him a little different. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, actually he isn't different. So sorry, he's completely different, isn't he? Because like everyone knows his name. I'd say that. And that's I mean like it. I mean like his personality though. Oh, like, you mean for a normal teenager? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's a good point. Nothing to add. Any other questions? What about over there? They're starting to build up. See, it's it's fun. 
Yeah, yeah. We're talking about Ryan, so yeah. Come on up. See, it's funny because whenever we start asking for questions, there's no, nobody's yeah. like, oh, Jesus. And then at the end, there's a flood of exactly, like 80 flood, people who all of a sudden have a question. Anyone. So here, come on. Hi, I'm Becca from Stowe. I'm 15. And I'd have to say that Ron is my favorite character, and he's always been my favorite character because he's normal, but he has to, he is able to put up with his best friend, famous Harry Potter. And even though he's belittled by every one of his friends, he stays loyal to them. And he went back to his friends, and I think that shows him being more mature. And also, like, he grew up because he almost lost both of his friends throughout, like, this book. I think in uh, book in the words of Dumbledore, okay. it is our choices, Harry, far more than our abilities that determine what we truly are. And the <laughs> fact that Ron made the decision to come back is a great choice. That's a good one, Ben. I was waiting for that one, but I, I was going to say uh, definitely showed Ron growing up a lot in book seven. You know, he got a book. He gave Harry a book, How to Charm a Witch, and we saw him do that with Hermione quite a bit. You know, there's a line in there that I started laughing at where uh, Harry's like, "You're just choosing her side so you can get on her good side." He's like. Yeah, so it's like, come on, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Harry should know that by now. Speaking Hi, of Weasley. We got a Weasley here. What's your name? Yeah, Weasley. What's your name? Where are you from? Janice from Lottery St. Catchpole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Angie, and I'm from Kent. And I'd like to say, who needs maturity? Fred and George, all the way. Don't <laughs> hey, so you point out George? one of them died? Yeah, just Did George. You know? I, I, I know. I do. And, and it's sad. I know what you mean, though. It's like common sense doesn't come from... Well, it doesn't only come from maturity, you know. Yeah. Actually, I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't actually common think... Sense. I don't actually I don't think... Even though Fred and George have a great sense of humor and, and it can seem immature at times, I don't think they're actually immature. I agree. They're so I, I clever agree. as well. There's, two, there's different types of maturity. They're too smart. They're I'll disagree. Smart. They're goofy. That's you know poo? Really? <laughs> Yes, they're businessmen. Really? They're, they have acute really, business skills. Mikey, yes, Mikey. really. Okay. They say that if they give it a clever, catchy name skill. like that, they're good marketers. That's and they're going to sell more. They make more money, which they can use to support their family. Thus, they're mature. Okay. Okay. And you don't see them making like any yeah. poor decisions, really. I mean, really? No. <laughs> really? Really? Uh, okay. Really, Mikey. Con- concerning really? Ron, J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling said that. Uh, oh, jeez. I oh, don't know. <laughs> J.K. Rowling said uh, one of her the funniest moment. She's written in the series is the one where Ron says really captures the scope and tragedy of the thing, doesn't it? And okay, I'm sorry. Which which book was that from? Oh, was it? Okay, my bad. I just read it. Read the books, Andrew. Okay. See, I was, think, I was thinking it was a book way back. I was trying to think of one of the first six. But anyway, the pickle pack vultures are these girls in pickle pack who who attack us whenever we're not on time with something. But here, come on up. Which is happening? Quite don't don't get near me. Wow. <laughs> I'm Joy. I'm 16 from Cleveland, and I just have to, I just have to wonder if, um, what would Ron see in the mirror of Irizet if he looked at it now that the battle's over and he's lost his brother, and would his desires change? I think it would be his whole family together. I think it would be his whole family, yeah, yeah. including Hermione. Yeah, including uh, Hermione. I don't know though. And Hugo. And Rose. Hugo and Rose. Ah. Because his family wasn't really that ripped apart. I mean, they lost uh, Fred. Yeah. They lost Fred, but they, got, they, they, re, they, they, they regained Percy, though. Yeah. But they also lost his Percy. Percy might as well have been dead. Who? But they lost an ear. Yeah. 
but, but also Ron didn't George. care. Ron, I mean, even though Ron obviously loved Percy as you know, you can only love your brother. He was obviously more attached to Fred as he'd been living with him for a lot longer. Percy left when he was fairly young, so I think I think he would actually see his family back together again. And I don't, I think he, Hermione would be there too, Harry and Hermione. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Um, my name's Andrea, and I'm from Columbus. And back to Ron growing up in the seventh book. I, <laughs> back to Ron growing up in the seventh book. I think one of the biggest ways he did that is that in the beginning he was always really jealous of Harry and his, like him being famous and everything. But in the seventh book, he sort of grows to accept that. He even makes jokes about it in the end in the epilogue, where all the kids on the train are staring back, and he's like, "Oh, it's just me. I'm extremely famous." So I think he really comes to terms with Harry being famous and just being out of the limelight so long. Yeah. And then he gets his own, basically. Real famous. Yeah. What I think happens is you just, eventually you just come to accept like what your role is. Yeah. And Harry's the Michael Jordan and Ron's like the, Scotty the guy in the bed shooting <laughs> the hot dog. <laughs> Not even Scotty Pippen, Ben? Not even Scotty Pippen. <laughs> wow. What about Luke Longley? Hermione's Scotty Pippen. <laughs> <laughs> you kids. Did anyone, know, did anyone else actually follow basketball in the 90s besides me and Emerson? I mean, <laughs> can you imagine Scotty Pippen with bushy, long, bushy hair? Anyone? No? That'd be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, it's about Ron. Focus. Yeah, well, just hold on. We'll take random questions in a minute. That are on topic, of course. Okay, hi. I'm Erin from Hudson. Um, okay, back to, like, Ron being a little bit immature. Um, back to Ron being a little bit more immature. I think it was a lot harder on Hermione since she had to leave her parents and they had to forget her. And I think that'd be a lot more difficult on her. And I'm surprised she didn't throw that in his face. Like, you know, I have to deal with that compared to you. So I don't know. Did it really, did it really seem like it bothered Hermione at all? That she I wonder if she's going to tell her parents, her parents Trevor, that she... Well, actually, in the did web what chat... what bother Hermione exactly? That she yeah, her parents. Charms on her parents, sent them to Australia yeah. and told them they didn't have a daughter, which would get onto some people's skins, definitely. Yeah. But well, I, I think you get to the point where you realize what the mission is and that yeah. you have to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And, and Joe said in the web chat today that right after this whole thing ended, she went straight back to Australia and got her parents. Yeah. I think that's just, it's a sign of extreme maturity. In order to be able to do that, you really have to be able to put other people in front of yourself and your, your yeah, wishes you and desires. I, I kind of don't think she really minded too much, considering we know she's kind of kept a lot from her parents in yeah. the sense of like Voldemort coming back and lot of bad stuff happening in the wizarding world and like what she you know gets into with ron and harry because i'm be sure weird, though like coming home from you know the school year and just being like so what went on this year <laughs> you have no <laughs> idea <laughs> you know see that'd be like a corny line that they would put in the movie at the very end that's the end of it ben that's like a flash screen right at the end you heard it here no first, first folks yeah, yeah. <laughs> mugglenet.com's what will happen in half-blood prince and deathly hollows films there you go, Emerson. There we go. There there you go. go. New New book books. idea. You're a machine. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking now. It's got to come out after the life and lives of Mikey Boucher. Yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> that's gonna be a best sell. That one's gonna be. It's going triple platinum. <laughs> yeah. Triple Books go platinum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Album. Or is they it do. an album? Well, like they could. It would be an album of... Are you pursuing uh, a wizard rock career? Maybe. I'm pursuing no. a wizard rock career. Mikey, the audio book would go triple platinum. <laughs> <laughs> the audio book. Read by, uh, Read by Stephen Mikey Fry. B- yeah, Stephen Fry. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Dale combined. <laughs> anyway, back to Ron Weasley. Actually, I want to do Mikey's voice on the audio book. Sorry. You both come up. Uh-oh, they have to do this together. Oh, jeez. I'm scared. This is, is going to be a well-rehearsed question. Not really. It's going to stump us. Or complain about us? No, no. Okay. 
Nice shirt. Okay, um, I'm Sarah, and this is my twin sister, Bethany. Um, we're actually from a family of seven, seven. kids, and yeah. we fall in the same place where Fred and George do. And we have, there's six girls in the family and, and one, one boy. boy. It's really weird. Um, but anyways, like, coming from a family as big as ours, and, you know, it's the inverse of the Weasleys, you know, it's very easy to understand where Ron's coming from. He's constantly being outshone by his brothers, and when you're in a big family, you really have to, like, strive to find your own place where you fit in in the family. Mm-hmm. And, like... Fred and George had their thing, and Percy had his weird thing where he kind of disappeared. Power hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Bill and George were, like, the cool older brothers, and Ginny was the only girl. She automatically had her place. And then, you know, Harry comes to school, and he becomes friends, you know, with Harry Potter, and he's being outshone again. And he's just kind of, like, chilling there, like, what's going on? <laughs> um, <laughs> it just... I think it said a lot, really, when Ron turned around and came back. You know, it's twice as hard to come back than it is to stick with it. And I think it really does. Joe is right. It says something about his heart. He knows what it's like to be loyal to his family. Like, he's stuck with it, and he's going to stick with it. He's stuck with it. Careful. You're right in front of the speaker. That was well said. And, you know, it only took a few chapters for him to come back, unlike Percy, where it took him, like, two books. (laughs) So I think it shows a lot about Ron's character, where it's, like, 40 pages versus like two whole novels <laughs> <laughs> like at the very end of the last one yeah that was kind of weird though wasn't it how like Percy shows up out of nowhere he's like guys I'm back on your yeah. side now <laughs> I'm sorry well, I know that, at least that was explained Percy said like I'd be giving it a lot of thought but I couldn't really say anything yeah. in the ministry otherwise they would have killed me yeah but you think like, they no. check him for imperious curses and apologies version and they just accept it that it was him yeah because I, I sort of thought he might have been <laughs> He might have been two-faced. He might have been trying to work for the ministry. Exactly. So. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't trust him, personally. Didn't was trust anyone him like, either. oh, well, Percy's back. Thank God. <laughs> have you, were you? Or do you have a question? Oh, okay. Right, Good. Well, come, come on, on up. Like, I, don't, I just can't. Are you giving away that Dobby? Because we'll just take it. Oh, wow. We'll, we'll, we'll glue it to the top of the car. <laughs> that is the best idea Dobby ever. Dobby is had. free! Where can you buy the weren't the weren't those for sale? No, oh. Free. Wow. Walmart. <laughs> Mikey, can we stop there on the way home? <laughs> Let's go to Walmart. Apparently Let's get hood ornaments from the cars. Roll back. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll glue oh. like seven to the top, so there's just a swarm of dobbies on top. We gotta, of the car. we gotta get a wolf for Alex's car and just have like this werewolf thing yeah. like, going right at the front. We might have, have to take him out to the car just for a second. I mean, so we'll bring him right back, but just for a, just for a second. Yeah, yeah, we'll have like 15 straight state trooper cars like outside <laughs> yeah. in like a minute. <laughs> like child <lawhee>! abuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at 80 miles an hour, that could look quite okay, real. So, uh, <laughs> what did you do to that poor kid's <laughs> nose? Like, so what were we talking about again? <laughs> we're, we're waiting so for a question, question for Ron Weasley. Hi. My name's Mary. We, were, we drove about two and a half hours to get here from Columbus. My gosh, it's this countryside. <laughs> a lot of people from Columbus. Um, I just wanted to say from a mom's point of view that I always admired Ron because he had to always overextend himself in order to be able to do the things with Harry and, and, and work with Harry and sometimes save Harry from himself. And so I, I just wanted to say I think he grew a lot in that position and I was always really impressed with him Mikey and, and I'm speechless I don't know <laughs> I'm trying to think of something witty to say very but I can't fit- I agree it's very fitting too because a lot of people have been saying that in Order of the Phoenix the film he really made a turnaround it, it's yeah, the real did. Ron so to speak but yeah that, that's a good point someone um, someone came up to us yesterday after the show it was a mother 
and uh, to Jamie and Ben and I, and she was yeah. saying that. Uh, what, what, what was she responding to? Something about a mother's love. Never doubt a mother's love. No, she yeah. was convinced oh. that Mrs. Weasley had killed Bellatrix. Yeah. Because I reread the book to us. Remember, like, on yeah. one, of the, one of the shows? Um, in the book, when Molly goes after Bellatrix because uh, she goes, Stay away from my daughter, you witch! And um, With a slight um, she, it says a curse flew at Bellatrix. It never says what curse. And I find it really hard to believe that Be- uh, Molly Weasley would use Avada Kedavra like to kill, um, even though you know I understand it's like a mother's protective love and all that. But one of the things that makes me really not believe it and think it's more like a Stein spell is because it's again it's, the book is from Harry's point of view, and it says Harry knew exactly what was going to happen, just like what happened to C- her cousin Sirius um, before he fe- fe- fell through the veil. Um, a shock in his face, a bellatrix, and everything. And the spell that actually hit Sirius was a stunning spell. And so I think Molly actually used a stunning spell, and it caught Bellatrix off guard, and she went down. And then she was probably rounded up afterwards and went to Azkaban, like all the other Death Eaters. Yeah. Um, but well, I, ha- I find it really hard to believe that Molly well, Weasley would use. Well, we said that it's because you know, she's so nice; she doesn't have the potential to kill. But then the lady came up and said, "You know, don't ever under- uh, underestimate a parent's love for their child, and that anyone could do it yeah. if put in the same situation." Yeah. So we, we weren't really sure about that. Yeah. But the description was the same as what. The description was the same as what uh, was described when Sirius was killed by Bellatrix. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah, when Sirius Square was in the chest. Uh, uh, but it was a stunning spell, not yeah. a killing spell. And now I'm all ticked off, too, because uh, that wasn't... Nobody posed that question, Joe, in, that, in the web chat. Yeah, yeah. Like, isn't, I don't know. They said she had like 115,000 questions, though. So, yeah, so she can't even give her a little bit of a break. Um, there were two questions up there. Do you still want to... I think like it's time we can probably start taking some. General yeah, let's take some general too. questions about the book. Where the fandom's going? Is MuggleCast done? Favorite oh. scenes, maybe. You can come up. Can come, come, up. come on up. Yeah. Anyone have a favorite scene they want to tell us about? Yeah. Have us kind of discuss or something. Let's see. All right, okay, come first, on up. First get in line. Oh, Just sorry. Not too many. Sorry, we're like. No, you can oh, stay here. Stay here. All right, I'm Alex. I'm 13. I'm from Cleveland. Woo. Um, Cleveland rocks. <laughs> but um. Like, one thing that I was kind of wondering, and before Deathly Hallows, this was kind of like a theory between me and my friends, like, why the Dursleys never had any, like, Obliviator visits, like, and we were thinking, well, does that mean, like, Petunia's a witch or something, but, like, and, she, and Joe didn't really explain that in Deathly Hallows, and we were wondering, like, what that meant. Has the ministry just accepted that since Harry stays with Probably, them, I mean, I, I, well, there's probably special circumstances with yeah. Harry. Well, also with family, like Hermione's family still get obliviated. Yeah. They're the family. And also, you know, Petunia grew up with her sister as a witch, and she even wanted to go to Hogwarts. We know that. Yeah. I'm sure there are exceptions to the law when it relates to Muggleborns, and Harry probably has the same. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Good question, though. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm from Ashtabula. And um, I was just commenting on, or thinking about what you were talking about with Mrs. Weasley. And before, when they first started dueling, um, wasn't there something in the book about how Harry noticed that both women were fighting to kill and that they were really going at it? Was, I, it was mentioned in the book. So I was just. No, it was actually. I, I, I was reading the book, like word for word, and actually, they don't really even duel. She comes running at her and does one spell. It's the big duel is between everybody I mean, who, is between the, the other book? two. Because I swear it says that they were like they were going like that both women were fighting to kill. I thought right, I remember right the they circled each other. Where'd you get that from? I mean, no, it's, it's, it's the last chapter. I, I don't know. That's just oh, that makes so much sense. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm totally wrong, but well, I mean, I, it, it was before they. I mean, when they first started dueling. I mean, it's not when she actually killed her or stunned her, or whatever. But when they first started dueling, that Harry. No, I think that they just circle each other, and they never like. There's like. We have the UK one, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, I mean. Well, they had the pages. Right here, both women were fighting to kill. Yeah, seven thirty-six. That's right at the bottom. Wow. I don't know. So that's why I thought that. Man, that's so Bellatrix is dead then. Sorry, Mikey, you were wrong. That's probably wow. although well, it doesn't clearly state that though. So I mean, we can't. Why go would out yeah, but, so, but then it says right there, Molly's cursed sword beneath. It doesn't say which curse she used. But what they could be. So I still like to think Molly was able to make pancakes for everyone but and not kill <laughs> Bellatrix Lestrange because I think that's just wrong. If they Killing's were fighting bad. to kill. And if Joe said they were fighting to kill, I think it could be assumed that they were. And it does say that you know that jets of light were flying you. from the wands, so they were yeah. clearly dueling. Yeah. I honestly, when I first read it, I thought that she'd actually killed her, but That's then I, I when, when you were talking second, I thought, oh, maybe I misread it because I've only read the book once at this point. So has anyone read it more than once? Someone said they read it three times already. Yeah. Twice. Yeah, a couple times. Once. Twice. Once. I haven't read it at all yet. Once. Is it good? Twice. <laughs> We're all due for her. I read the Spark Notes. Soon, but <laughs> you I read the Spark Notes, Ben. Anyway. I have the audio book. I never actually read it. Oh, okay. Just listen. Let's go first. I'm Corey. Um, I'm from Kent. And I was just wondering who um, Voldemort thought uh, Snape's uh, source was in Chapter 1 at the Malfoys. When he was oh, telling he him he has a date. reliable source, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to know who that source was. Like... I don't know who it could be. Did we get it cleared up? Wasn't it Mundungus who... But it wasn't a real source. It was, the, it was the fake source who, who Snape was pretending to be a source just in, in front of Voldemort, right? No, no, yeah. It was Mundungus because he says... Uh, Dumbledore tells Snape to uh, confound Mundungus, uh, Mundungus and tell him to oh, su- yeah. suggest the seven potters, the seven. And yeah. uh, it's him that also gives him the actual proper date. And so that's how uh, Snape tells Dumb- Voldemort. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Am I right, Ben Chain? You're right. Thank you. Just wanted to double check. Let's get right here. To give a favorite scene. Yeah. You got a really excited one. Yeah. Hi, I'm DJ. I'm from Broadview Heights. Uh, my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Yeah, Broadview Heights. <laughs> no one knows that. Okay. I do. <laughs> Yay. Anyway. Uh, anyway, um, I, I have two favorite scenes. One is just the line, the Snape-shaped hole in the window. <laughs> yeah. That's just hilarious. <laughs> it's kind of like Roger Rabbit. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly how. Right through the window. Uh, this my second favorite scene is when like Neville is being all like, "Oh, I just got this cut from like speaking out. Yeah. I got this cut from there." He's just being all bad and he stuff. He was boasting about them, wasn't yeah. he? He was like awesome. It's insane. Neville is someone who really changed in this book, and that's why we had sort of, uh, we were sort of, well, I was specu- speculating that he might have been the person that got the reprieve because yeah. he was acting so different in this novel. I thought maybe Joe would have considered killing him because he was so, he grew yeah. so. He, he, why? He, he, why? He, he did why too much. Just because him. he, he his You're head a got a little, because I'm saying his head got a little too big, and maybe so he went out him? there and tried to duel someone and somebody killed him. Well, well, whether it's Bellatrix, because Bellatrix wouldn't make you sense. You know, he did try to almost duel Voldemort. He just took a sword and was like, whack! 
and chopped yeah. off that snake's head and go flying through the air. Yeah, I like your sound cool. effects, Mikey. I always use sound effects when I talk, and it's like in real life, too. It's weird. On that Snape point as well, I've been thinking over the past couple of days, I've been reading the Snape scenes, and I feel so sorry for him now. I really feel sorry for him. I think he was one of my favorite characters, but I, I, I really says, realize it. At the it. end of the, of the chapter when he dies... And it says his last words are "Look at me." It's obvious that the reason he said that is so because one of the last things you see yeah. would be Lily's eyes. But didn't she say something about Snape? That he loved Lily. Be- because he abandoned Hogwarts, his portrait didn't go go on the wall straight away. But she said that Harry would make sure it did. Yeah, which I was very pleased about. Yeah, that was interesting. We we Poor did learn Snape. a lot in this web chat. Um, Oh, and, and uh, James always suspected that Snape harbored deeper feelings for Lily, which is which was a factor in James's behavior to Snape. I thought that was pretty interesting too. And she also said that uh, Snape and uh, Snape and Lily could have fallen romantically in love had Snape not joined the Death Eaters. The story would have been so different, that yeah, that would be crazy. Oh my god! <laughs> she said that uh, Snape would have thought that she that Lily thought he was cool. That's the reason he did it because it's associated with yeah. power. Come on up. Oh, so so kind. Um, I was gonna rip on you for the Harry and the Potter's T-shirt. I'm Stephanie. Oh, apparently oh. oh. I struck a nerve. I'm just saying. I'm saying. I'm just saying because this is a Remus Lupin's concert. That's all I'm saying. Here, there's a lot of hostility um, around here, isn't there, Andrew? Very bad vibes. Okay, <laughs> I'm Steph and I'm from Canton, and I uh, I was wondering. I had a little bit of trouble following the second movie. And I was wondering why the snake was following him through the tunnel and who that was and why. I don't know. I don't Why the snake trouble. was following him? Yeah. The basilisk, you mean? Yeah, who the, was it? The basilisk. It was the basilisk. It was Slytherin's It was monster. the beast. It was the beast in the that chamber. Trying to kill him or? Yeah. Because yeah. I had trouble. <laughs> okay. Thanks. No okay. problem. Uh-oh. Harry and the Potters. Ow, she stepped on my foot. Okay, I wasn't going to do this joke, and they all wanted me to, but now that you since you guys ripped on Harry and the Potters, we have a knock-knock joke for you real quick, okay? And then I'll get to my real question. All right, so knock-knock. Who's there? Who's that? Dead Hedwig. Oh. That's not even funny. That's just mean. <laughs> really? Wait, like wait, 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 wait. I have something that makes it better. Why did Harry cross the road? Why? Because Hedwig's dead. That's so mean right there, too. You wouldn't have the... Wow, you know what? That, would you? I'm really sad. I liked Hedwig. Your jokes I'm not going to lie, so actually. Bad. I heard that. that was like, funny. I heard it yesterday. It. I thought it was if, funny. We're, if we're doing Harry Potter jokes, hey, I got a good one. At once. Okay, I got a good Harry Potter joke. Okay, want. I want to do my question now, because it's really a question. Okay. Um, they never really explained why what Dumbledore meant by his letter to Petunia about Remember My Last. And we kind of were talking earlier about it, that either she was either... He was either referring to the letter that he sent to Petunia about Harry or his letter, that the last letter he sent to Petunia about not being accepted into Hogwarts. And I want to know what you guys thought about it and what he actually meant by that because nobody ever came out and said what exactly he meant. Didn't we? Well, I think, remember, my last would have to be referring to the, le- the letter that he left with Harry that night on the doorstep because I agree. that just makes the most sense. Remember, my last will, because at that point in time in Order of the Phoenix is when Harry was going to, about to be expelled, about to be thrown out of the house. Vernon was saying the boy has to go, and then all of a sudden he changes his mind after talking to Lily. So I think it's pretty obvious that, that Remember, my last was referring to the letter he left with him. Also, because probably in that letter, Dumbledore explained the protection that Harry has while in their home. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm point. saying. I'm okay. agreeing with you, Ben Chan. This one up here? Nice a lot of questions today. Jeez. 
Um, I'm Amanda, and I'm from Canton, and I was wondering what you guys think happened to the Dursleys. Do you think Harry ever went back and tried to find them? Or at least go hang out with Dudley, because yeah. apparently Dudley really likes nice, them yeah. Poor Dudley. Can you imagine him and Big D hanging out? <laughs> um, I don't know. Big I, punch, Big D. I don't know if Harry would really be in a rush to go back to the Dursleys. Maybe just a visit, show them the kids, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. Other than that, though, I mean, they never really had so a relationship. Awkward. And even when Harry left uh, Mr. Dursley, he couldn't even... He gave him a handshake, but he didn't say bye to him, right? It was just like a silent handshake, wasn't it? And Joe also talked about that in the chat. She talked about what Petunia was going to say to Harry. Do you know what I mean? Did you read that part? What, what are you saying? I was saying that Joe also talked about... Like at that moment when Harry left, that Petunia acted like she was going to say something. Oh yeah, but, yeah. but said like she'd been so hardened about you know from like their, her magical hatred over the years that she wasn't able to. Yeah, you're right. That'd be another. Forward. That'd be another good question to ask Joe because I sort of assumed that was going to be explained later in the book because we were supposed to learn something more about Petunia, weren't we? Yeah. So oh well. Hi. Okay, my name is Kristen from Dublin. And first off, this Dobby statue here is really depressing me because I cried so hard when he died. Does anyone have a knife and we can stab it through his heart? <laughs> no! <laughs> Dobby is dead! Let's be more realistic. <laughs> he looks kind of worried now. You, yeah. He does look rather corpse-like. <laughs> he knows he's going to die. I bet like a week ago that face was so happy, but now it's sort of... <laughs> smiling now, he's like... <gasps> anyway... Okay. All right, my question was, um, do you think George would still run the joke shop now that Fred's dead? Actually, Joe addressed that, too. She said that um, Ron actually went on to help George run the joke shop, and they made lots of money together. So it's still Weasley's Wizarding Weasley's. Yeah. It's over here. Um, My name's Katie. I'm from Maslin. This is more about my favorite scene, but from the epilogue, I thought it was cool how she showed everybody in the future... And how everything was okay since Voldemort was gone. And yeah. I always thought that Ron and Hermione would end up together. But And I think it's cool that Harry and um, Hermione, not Hermione, Ginny, um, named one of their kids after Snape and uh, Dumbledore since he found out that Snape was actually a good guy. So I just thought that was cool. I agree. I thought that was such yeah. a nice touch. The, the, the name Albus Severus was pretty interesting. It, it, it isn't as bad it as Scorpius, though, so there I go. Scorpius. <laughs> we had a little 10-year-old come up to, to us at the show yesterday and said, what's uh, what's up with the name Scorpius? I wouldn't like to be named Scorpius. No, neither. <laughs> That's pretty cute. But anyway, we, we only have time for a couple more questions, so let's... Hi, my name's Maggie. I'm from Broadview as well. Um, Broadview in the house. <laughs> um, I wanted to know if I was the only one who caught that Snape really, like, liked Harry throughout all seven novels because there was that scene where he's talking to Dumbledore and Dumbledore tells him that Harry's going to die and Snape like wigs out. No, but I'd say that that was because it's the son of the person he loved, not because it's well, because it's a human being. Snape doesn't, you know, Snape does Dumbled- stuff because he's Snape. Dumbledore asks him, it, like he says, after all these years, have you come to love this or come to care for this boy that you despise so much? And Snape looks at him and says, always. Like he's always cared for Harry. I don't remember that. What? He's talking about the 
Yeah, he, he was talking about when, when Snape cast the Doe Patronus, and you can't fake a Patronus. So, you know, it's a reflection of what you really feel. He says, still, about Lily's, about his love for Lily, and then Snape says, always, and then tears right. form yeah. in his eyes, which is very sad. If anything, Snape would resent Harry because it's a constant reminder that he lost Lily to James Potter. And the eyes. And the well. eyes are what reminds him of Lily. And that's, again, why he died, like Jamie said. Let me look at your eyes. Yeah. And that's probably why when they were when Harry was learning occlumency, um, Snape was like, eye contact is essential, just so he could look into yeah. all these eyes. All right, I didn't think of that before. We have time for two more questions. One over here and one over here. I'm sorry. sorry. We'll, we'll talk after the show. We really got to wrap things up now. Um, so I'm Alex, just... and I'm from Dayton. <laughs> and I was just wondering, I mean, I know all the deaths were really sad, but like to each of you, what did you think was like the saddest death? I mean, like personally for each of you. Dobby. Because the way Joe described the death, I've said this in a few shows now. She would say, the li- "Harry carried his small body, yeah, just yeah. these little, just these little adjectives that made him look all small and innocent." Like, got like a shovel out in the, in the blaring hot sun. He's digging this grave, and he could just yeah. And then grip hook, up, you know. grip hook was like, "You're you're a crazy wizard or something," because yeah. he could have just dug it with magic, but instead he did it manually, which was a really nice way to pay tribute to Dobby, considering how much manual labor he does. I'm, I'm gonna say Dobby also. I was really sad with that. Maybe Mad Eye because I kind of was kind of sad. That came so cool. And then his eye was just like Umbridge had it, and I was just kind of like, it was an insult to Mad Eye. I know. I was like, wow, that's really mean. I liked yeah. Mad Eye. He was cool. Yeah, Jamie. And I. Uh, well, I wasn't really sad for anything, and I'm not just saying that. It's because when Sirius died, I didn't think I could feel any more emotion for any other character. He, he was my favorite character bar no one, so I couldn't cry for Dumbledore or anyone in this book. But after reading this book and seeing how much Dumbledore has done, I think if I reread book six, I might ball. <laughs> but it's, Sirius was just so sad, and he was my favorite character. So yeah. that's why I didn't really feel sad about anything. Ben? I'm just, you know. Uh, eh. I, I wasn't really... Voldemort, maybe? He shed a tear? Yeah. When he died? Actually, yes. <laughs> of all the characters, probably. No, I mean, Hedwig, I didn't really... It was just a bird. Um, <laughs> Mad-Eye was old. Uh, Lupin and Tonks, they didn't even give him a death scene. And then uh, besides that, I mean, uh, Fred Fred was pretty sad. I mean, yeah, that, like, that was kind of like the loss. You know, it maybe just kind of hit home. Like, if Fred Weasley can get killed, anybody can. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Dobby, not sad for you? It was sad. I guess it's just it was, it was a house sad, elf, right? Really. Yeah, just a house, just a house elf. I mean. <laughs> He's not so part of the spiel. Ben's trying to make sure he alienates guy. every single person in this crowd right now. <laughs> I thought I thought one of the coolest scenes of the whole book was after George lost his ear, and then Fred and George were just like they were taking it completely in stride, and making all these yeah. ear puns. You know, ear, ear, your holiness. You know, I I, I was so I, I thought that was so, so that, cool. So that, so that, so that was your that. favorite death. Huh? Most emotional death in the in the book. I cried like a baby. The loss of an ear. We lost his ear. All right, one last question for today. I'm sorry, guys. Hi, I'm Emily, 18, from New Hampshire. Um, Yeah, college tour. Um, So I noticed when the locket, when um, Harry was putting on the locket, and he's talking about getting heavy and sort of burning into his chest, I was kind of remembering Lord of the Rings. So I was really glad that Ron actually left because it made it different. And um, so there wasn't that whole... It made it a different dynamic around the, hor- the Horcrux instead of having it be um, this <laughs> sort of thing that has its own mind the same way. It's not taking it from people to people, person to person, excuse me. Um, so I just thought that was really... It was it came really close to almost 
making me feel a little bit uncomfortable with the parallels I was drawing. But so I don't know. I just thought of that earlier and hadn't gotten up until later. So also, my friend read Aeschylus, which is that quote at the very beginning of the book, and he said that the basic idea behind that is that heroes will live and have a happy life. And so I thought that was really interesting in how it turned ended up turning out. So if we'd read that first, we'd have known that Harry was going to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. What did we it, think of that? It was really interesting. I thought it was really nice how Joe had those two quotes in there. I didn't even read them because I was just I just wanted to get to the book. But then also in the U.S. edition, it says we now. What does it say exactly? We now talk about the seventh we now installment. Present the seventh and final installment. That was really nice little touch there. But you know, in the second edition, that's just going to be reviews about the book. It won't actually say that there. So anyway, uh, we want to thank everyone. We have one more person. Oh, sorry, Alex. I forgot. Alex, he has something yeah. to say. All these rehearsals, and I screw up. Of course. Alex with the Remus Lupins. Round of applause for Alex. He's gonna do, do a little wizard rock in a minute. Yeah, I did. Alex, what was the saddest death for you? Uh, well, Hedwig, but Hedwig's not actually dead, so it's okay. <laughs> don't don't. I've read some theories. Don't start this, please. I think actually, I no. Think actually, Hedwig made a made a Horcrux. We right. hear about it. That's the whole. That's the encyclopedia. Yes, whatever you just said. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, we are going to do a raffle real quick to give away the the Dobby. I think it was. No, no, no uh, they won't. Not, Enough was trying to give away the Dobby. Away, I tried, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the winner is Mikey B. Oh, a copy of Deathly Hallows. Oh, a copy Deathly of Deathly Oh, uh, uh, you lost one. There's the winner. That's it. Right? It's got to be. Uh, <laughs> are you picking? Sure, I'll pick. Andrew Sims really exciting for me. Who's going to pick Andrew Sims? Pick from the bottom. Uh, winner of the copy is Ashley Grega. Phone number. Yeah, I shouldn't say whoa. that. Ashley Grega. Hey, Ashley. Come get a free here? copy of the book. Where are you? He's over here. Yeah. Yes. Yay. Yay. Come on. Yay. Big hand for Ashley. Come on. Yay. All right. So. Don't move. I have your phone number if you do. <laughs> so, hi. All right. Anyway, well, uh, we want to thank everyone for coming out today. Make sure you stay here for some awesome Wizard Rock from Alex and his band. And also the remember, um, MuggleNet t-shirts and MuggleCast t-shirts available momentarily. And Remus Lupin CDs. Don't forget yeah. that. Yes, of course. I should also just point out real quick that um, this is the first, first and last time MuggleNet t-shirts will ever be available for sale. On the website, six months ago, we were asked by Warner Brothers to stop selling them. So we have our few remaining shirts available for sale here tonight. I'm wearing one. They're pretty cool, guys. And also, we have the MuggleCast Tour shirts, which will also be here. Only one here. time only. One time only. Except <laughs> So, guys, <laughs> get ready for Teddy Lupins. The Teddy Lupins, right? Because Remus is dead. One, one last quick notice. We're going we're gonna to do the meet and greet after the Wizard Rock concert. So make sure everyone sticks around for that. Then we'll be happy to meet everyone afterwards. All right? And here comes Thank the you for book coming, for you. Here comes the book. Yay. Yay. Get reading. It's a long book. Thank you, everyone, for coming. We'll see you next time.